Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. And that's a little commercial, kind of an intro from my regular show, the main show, The Jar Podcast. And the voiceover is really from me, maybe about four months before I started the journey. And and the idea that there would be some common theme that I would find as I traveled around the country and met with people and heard their stories. Turns out, I didn't realize it, but it would be a mental health story. Uh, one where so many of the guests have gone through some sort of mental health crisis, uh, there's been trauma, stories of trauma, stories of parents doing the best they could with the skills they had. Uh, there's, you know, different kinds of trauma along the way, but just uh, really struck me hard. And I wanted to start this show to find out what people, what other people are doing for the crisis. What are they doing to help? How are they kind of committed? How do they end up in this space? A lot of the people that I spoke to their journey or their, you know, kind of tackling that part and getting better or on that journey to getting better involved, going back and doing something to help. And so that also kind of inspired me to go find those kind of stories as well. Uh, I've got Sam uh, Mendel here today as a guest and uh, you know, boy, man, some right in his title, CEO of, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> if you would have had this on your title, I think the police would have been banging on your door. Um <laughs> And, I, and I'm sure, Sam, looking at your background and looking at your, you know, what I can see from the outside looking in, I mean, you've got your own journey and you don't sound too far away from the kind of experiences uh, some of the guests that I've had on the, the JAR podcast have had. So welcome. Welcome to Mental Health Today. Really want to find out a little bit about what you're, you know, what are you doing today? And then we'll kind of maybe come back to that a little bit after we find out what was the, how you got there or what, what made you become CEO of Ketamine Clinic. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. It's great. And I love the work that you're doing and highlighting these stories of uh, everyone's individuals, you know, journeys. And everyone has some journey or another in mental mm -hmm. health uh, or has someone close to them who's been through a journey that has affected them. So yes, good, good to be here and to, to talk with you today. That's great. Um, what are you doing? It's what is what is the role of CEO of, of the clinic and what is the clinic doing? And uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Ketamine Clinics Los Angeles, and we're one of the first ketamine clinics to open in the United States in 2014. So we've been doing this for a decade. Okay. Wow. And um, we have specialized in providing IV infusions of ketamine for mental health. Uh, ketamine is a, an FDA approved anesthetic. It's been around since yep. uh, the 60s. It was approved by the FDA in 1970 for humans. It's also used in veterinary medicine as many medicines are. So a lot of people know of it as a horse tranquilizer or yes. a cat tranquilizer. And they go, oh my God, you're giving that to people? And <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's a human, Actually, it's a human, <laughs> it's a human medicine, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's so interesting, you know, ketamine is a very ubiquitous uh, medicine and it has many different uses. And so depending on how you first heard of it or what your 
association with it is, yes. you're going to be really adamant that that's the whole story, but that's just part of the story. So I love to talk with you and, and to get, uh, you know, just the word out there to disseminate accurate information about it. Cause there's a right. lot of, uh, right. there's a lot of lack of understanding and misinformation out there. Uh, ketamine is also special K it's a drug that's used recreationally. Yes. So there's yes. a lot of, a lot of stigma around it. A lot of people think, uh, that if they have a friend who is using it irresponsibly or something, that it's a bad thing. And, you know, just like with anything that has the power to do great good and heal, it can also mm -hmm. be misused and it can cause harm. So um, we don't, you know, blanket say ketamine is, is perfect for everyone all the time, but it's an amazing medicine. And uh, in the last 20 years, there's been a lot of clinical research that's come out okay. to prove it as a highly effective treatment for depression, PTSD, anxiety and suicidality among other mood disorders. And, uh, and wow. Right. I mean, that's a, yeah. like saying that that's a powerful statement. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And the thing is it hasn't gotten the kind of um, mainstream attention that it deserves though. It's really starting to pick up and build a lot of momentum over the last couple of years, but still so many people have never even heard about it. And one of the main reasons that is, is that it's off patent. And so because it's an old drug, this is an, a new use for an old drug, yes. big, phar big pharma and the establishment like, is not pushing it. Like, they want you to take the new name brand patented drugs that have a high margin. Those are the drugs that they want to promote market, run commercials for, tell doctors, prescribe, and, you know, get a lot of uh, attention on. So there's really no money to be made in the sale of ketamine. It's a cheap generic drug. Uh, you know, clinics like ours can absolutely, uh, you know, charge a price where there's hopefully a little bit left over at the end of the day after we pay our bills, but we're providing a service. So yes. anyone actually, yeah. you know, manufacturing the drug itself, there's not a lot of money in that. And, uh, and that's one of the main reasons why people are not really hearing about it. And we're really passionate about making people aware that it is an option for them. How did you, I want to, I want to come back to a little bit what it's like to get the treatment and, and some, I want to come back to some of the, some sure. of that. How did you end up, I mean, 10 years ago, I didn't realize when I was looking, I missed that. And cause I was giggling, you know, special K, you know, CEO, special K. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That basically meant you were the guy yeah. in the white suit pants at the end of the disco by the bar. Uh, and, right, and, right. But so 10 years you've been doing this. Yeah. Um, what happened? How did you how did you end up in this role? I mean, some but most of this, this not this is a, a jump of passion. It's yes. it's you know, really to me from the outside. It is a hundred percent. And it has to be, and it had to be back then in 2014 because yeah. people thought we were crazy. We got a lot of uh, <laughs> backlash in the community. People thought we were experimenting on people. People were upset oh, by this. Oh I mean, God. you know, it's still today, you know, I put I put content, you know, out there on social media. And, you know, people just go off on me and they, they <laughs> just rail into me. But but the, the sad thing is, it's 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 a lot of misplaced anger. There's really yes. not a good a good basis for it. Again, it's just misunderstanding. And I really try to engage with people in a meaningful way to just help to educate them and ask that they be open to learning the facts a little bit more. I mean, yeah. I mentioned earlier clinical research to date. Yes. There's a there's one hundred and seventy clinical trials that are out there that have proven ketamine for mental health. So, and I mean, we're talking Yale, Stanford, the National yes. Institute of Mental Health, Cleveland Clinic, Mount Sinai, 
uh, Johns Hopkins, the list goes on and on. I mean, these are the most prestigious institutions in research. This isn't just some random thing that we decided to start doing just because we like ketamine. You know, it's really yeah. well supported and, uh, and dozens of these trials are peer reviewed. So this is more than anecdotal. This is more than just something that we're into. It's a, it's a very real treatment option for people today. Yeah, I saw, I did interview um, Elisa Perez. She's up in Sacramento. She's got a partner up there and they have a ketamine clinic. Elise, I'm trying to remember her first name. Um, Sophia, Sophia Perez. Um, it's going to escape me. Anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, after, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with her. Yeah. Yeah. They've got like a, a CRNA, I think. Yeah. And she's got a part, uh, one, her partner. So mm -hmm. she's the anesthesiologist. And, okay. Yeah. And he, I think he is the therapist, the uh -huh. psychologist. So, yeah. you know, they've got that. I was so really blown away and afterwards, you know, did some, a little bit more research and seeing the part that was really interesting to me is where ketamine, the research where they're showing ketamine um, actually creating neurons, right? Growing, connecting, where it actually, you know, kind of wakes it up and the neurons starts to try to find other neurons. Did I get yeah, that right? You did. It's amazing. Yeah. Ketamine causes neurogenesis. It causes an increase in dendrite density and connectivity. It causes uh, actual physical growth in the prefrontal yeah. cortex. Uh, there's I mean, a process. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, there's a there's a process called BDNF, which stands for brain derived neurotropic factor, and it actually okay. can literally enhance brain function and repair parts of the brain that are kind of involuted from from mental health. You see a physical change in the brain associated with mood disorders, and so this is a real paradigm shift in the way that we approach mental Dang, health. Yeah, you know the common drugs today like SSRIs are affecting serotonin. I mean, oral medications that people are taking and boosting levels of serotonin. And sometimes people feel a little better for a period of time, but this is a band-aid, and this is just, wow, this is not getting at the source of the issue. Whereas right. ketamine is actually helping to get at the source of the problem. And one of the things that's very interesting and different about ketamine as well is it causes a psychological experience. There's a uh, the experiential component of having yes. an infusion, which is deeply therapeutic and can vary widely what that experience looks like. But that allows for uh, self-discovery and healing for patients mm. that these other drugs don't provide for them. So it's a really well, unique They suppress treatment. that, right? I mean, the other they drugs do. actually suppress any sort of, I mean, they make, they, they really do suppress your kind of, I don't know, your, your awareness, your spatial awareness, the things that you get on a, on a ketamine kind of a, a journey. Yeah, they really dull you down. They narrow the they narrow the field with which you can experience life. And that's the thing that isn't talked about nearly enough, in my opinion, is the quality of relief. When you talk about yes. relief and what it means to have relief, you know, these other medications, while they definitely have their place and they can help a lot of people, I don't mean to just bash them or say mm -hmm. that they're not good because they are very important in our treatment toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. It's very common for people to feel like, yeah, I'm not so depressed anymore. Or, yeah, I can get out of bed now, but mm -hmm. I don't really experience pleasure or joy. I feel flat. That's very, very common in addition to the other side effects that they cause. Whereas ketamine, people really actually get a, a restoration of pleasure and joy in life. They get reconnected and, and more deeply yeah. connected to themselves and others. This is like totally different ballpark for treating mental health. I'm a, I spent a lot of time in corporate and one yeah. of the things, you know, one of the challenges of corporate uh, especially if you're an executive and you kind of move around to fix stuff, you become a a um, a root cause person. 
you know, you become, yeah. you know, that's really what you become is you become an expert in, you know, getting past the noise and getting through the corporate culture and some of the other, you know, the, the winces and other BS and you find out what the root causes and, and you can get paid a lot of money to do that mm-hmm. in the right, in the right where places are making money and, and the impacts are big. So as I sat here, you know, starting in March and I started having these conversations, man, I, you know, so I just came to look at the medical industry and the whole medical industry is fighting, you know, the outcomes of a lot of mental health issues. You know, Mm -hmm. they're doing, they're, we're treating, we're so symptomatic in our approach. And a lot of this stuff I absolutely believe is caused by the mental health that people carry around the state of their mental health, how they talk to themselves, you know, just some of the fundamental stuff you can teach people, you know, just that, you know, that tension will make you sick. It'll give you heart attack. It'll poison yourself, you know, with, with hate and anger and all this stuff we carry around. And then, you know, we start losing that self-talk somewhere along the way and it shows up in ways. And and I saw ketamine and, and some other treatments and I just went, you know, this is, this helps people address their root cause. You're repairing stuff. You're giving them this this uh, experience where they allow to examine themselves. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah, I mean, the well, you said it so well. And you know, Western medicine is just now starting to explore the connection between the mm. body and the mind, and how physical illness can manifest as a result of of mental suffering. And mm-hmm. uh, and even with a physical health in in the gut in the, in the gut brain axis. I mean, ninety percent of serotonin is made in the gut. Uh, you <laughs> know, the, crazy, right? Yeah, and the and the Western diet of processed foods and sugars and artificial sweeteners and all, all the crap that we eat all the time that, that many of us do, um, it, it doesn't lend itself to physical or mental health, and that's really just starting to get talked about yeah. in, in a scientific way. Yeah, this is going to be a fun part of of my journey, um, as I. I started the foundation and I put, you know, so I've got these two little kind of disparate podcasts in there. And I started, as I started to talk to people like yourself, get getting, you know, really getting a, a I'm getting a, you know, a mini education and what's going on. And I realized, you know, yeah, we got to talk about the, the, the fuel, you know, what is the fuel? Like, you know, would you, what would you put in your prime? You pay $350 a month for your car you know, that loan, and then you have an insurance payment and what kind of gas, you know, what kind of gas you're going to put in? Yeah. You're be, yeah. You know, you wouldn't put sugar water in there because you know, <laughs> right. like that's silly, right? It yeah. doesn't run on that stuff. So it's just, it seems pretty obvious. And and I think it's a, it's going to be a great conversation to start getting out how important that is uh, the gut and just learning about that part. And then exercise. I had a breakfast this morning with somebody in the mental health space and you know, we both ate probably a breakfast. It wasn't on anybody's recommended list. And he kind of said, you know, my head's in the okay place. I'm not great. I'm not in a great, which is great. Like two guys and, you know, saying, Hey, I'm in a pretty good place. How are you? He's like, you know, I'm in an okay place. Yeah. Not a great place. And it's like, have you been to the, you know, okay, you're, we're eating like crap. Okay. There's take that box. You have all the tools in your head because you're, we're in the space. Uh, yeah. ha- when was the last time you hurt yourself in a gym? When was the last time you just, you know, when you, when did you make a shirt wet? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's yeah. that's, and I said, man, that's, I said, you can eat whatever you want, honestly, in some ways, if you're working out for, if you're hurting yourself every four or five times a week in a gym somewhere, 
you can eat you you can give yourself a lot more grace on the food you take but well, you'll also yeah, and you but you'll find out you're way more careful when you're working out what you eat. Yeah. Well, you're touching, on, you're touching on so many different great things. My mind's going in a million places, but you know, just to comment on that one and then maybe go in, in reverse. Yes. Be, be, when you, when you talk about calories and, and fat, sure. You could, you could have yeah. all the crap if you're working hard. Right. There's so much more to our diet than that. And a lot of people think, oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm working out so I can have these donuts and this pizza and a burger. But, uh, you know, these things still don't actually help our mental yeah. health. And you could still have a nice physique, but there's more that's going on on the inside that you really want to take a look at, whether it's with your heart health mm. or whether it's with your mental health. You know, these spikes in, in our glucose levels and in sugar and having this processed food is not a good cycle for us mentally either. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't pretend to be, but there's a lot of interesting yes, stuff yeah. out there about that that's being proven by research. Um, but I love that, you know, you mentioned these two guys just talking. I think that's a whole, I mean, we could probably talk for an hour about just that, but about how men, you know, aren't as willing to talk about their feelings or about yeah. mental health. And, you know, fortunately it's starting to become more, um, mainstream or kind of more acceptable for men to express themselves in, in healthier ways, as opposed to just having to, mm -hmm. you know, toughen up and shoulder whatever it is that's going on with them. But, uh, I think that's, that's great. And I personally seek relationships with guys who we can just be open and honest with one another yeah. about what's going on uh, and not just have to always put on the, the attitude that you can, you're, you're, you're doing great and everything's great all the time. Cause that, that's not healthy either. Yeah, that's definitely, that's not healthy. And I think we're, we're getting there. I think we are, there is a shift in that and definitely yeah. the generations coming up. Yes. So the younger generations are way more, comfortable with it and way more probe. They understand mental health and the importance of it. So I've got some hope there. And we come back to this one, my, one of my favorite, most evil conversations, which is this, um, <laughs> it's the money side of it, right? Oh, sure. I mean, it's the evil side and, and this patent stuff where it goes off the patent. And then I, I got a good education. Apparently there's a, there's a new way to package ketamine. And oh, yeah. so, so it sounds like you guys are still doing the intravenous. You may, I don't know, you may offer the other one. Uh, as part of your service, but I know there's, so they did take ketamine and, and what made a, a nasal spray out of it and they, did. and they were able so, to get a, a patent on that and yeah. be able to earn some money there. Yeah. So people should understand that when the FDA approves a medicine, they approve it in a specific dose and a specific protocol, uh, you know, route okay. of administration and for a specific uh, demographic and a specific condition. It's a lot of details in the approval. They don't just okay. say this drug is great and approved for whatever. It's very okay. specific. So in the case of okay. ketamine, which is an FDA approved drug, uh, the use of it for, for mood is actually considered off label, which is something that a doctor can uh, do in the United States with any drug if they feel that there's a good basis to do so. Okay. They can use it for something other than what it was originally approved for. Um, aspirin wasn't actually, aspirin actually predates the FDA, but just as an example, taking a baby aspirin every day to help to prevent a heart attack is off label because aspirin is not a heart attack prevention medicine. It's pain reliever, fever reducer, but it's a blood thinner. And, and we've come to find, okay, can help with uh, preventing okay. heart attacks. Um, actually some more recent data is coming out saying that maybe it's not such a good thing to be taking aspirin every day. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's, a, that's another, yeah, we don't that's know. another story. Who knows? Yeah, now? Who knows? But that's another story. But, you know, so basically the use of ketamine for mental health is off label. Okay. One of the reasons why this treatment's not more widespread is because of, of that as well. So uh, insurance companies don't like to pay for things. 
and uh, they can say, okay. well, this is this is not uh, an approved use. So we're not going to pay because it's experimental, even though, like yes. I said, 170 trials, it's been proven many ways, anecdotally, clinically, you name it. And it would actually save them a lot of money to I pay would for save ketamine them money instead of all the other stuff they're paying for that's not yeah. working so well. And inpatient hospitalizations and other prescriptions and treatments and all, you know, rehab and all the stuff they pay for, they'd save a lot. But they're coming. They're actually starting to come around and learn that, but they're a little bit they'll slow. Figure, if there's a money yeah. saver, they'll you yeah. can you can and get to the right person. You'll get you'll get somewhere. Yes, but so so this is. I'm just mentioning. You know, I don't want to get mm. into the weeds too much and bore anybody. Yes. But this is some of the important context or background for people to understand when we when we have this kind of a conversation. So, uh, Johnson and Johnson uh, Pharmaceuticals was able to get a patent for. Spravato or S-ketamine, okay. which is the S isomer of ketamine. Ketamine is two isomers, mirror image molecules. I have my blur okay. on, so I'm trying to get my hands yeah. in focus. Here. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, left hand and right hand mirror okay. images of one another. So they just took the left isomer and then they made it into a nasal spray and they added a whole bunch of other little things and said, this is unique enough that now we can say we own it. And they were able to get that approved by uh, the FDA. And so that's been out since about 2018. Okay. It's now, it's now starting to become very popular. Um, unfortunately, it's not very uh, effective. The okay. um, It's about a little more maybe than other prescription medications. Uh, with fewer side effects. So it's definitely a beneficial okay. thing to have okay. in your toolbox. But when you compare it to IV infusions, it's about half yeah, as effective. Yeah. It's around 40%. In our clinic at Ketamine Clinics Los Angeles, we have an 83% success rate. And we're mostly dealing almost exclusively with treatment resistant patients. So these are people who have tried and not benefited from at Whoa. least two or more other treatments. And many of them have tried everything out there. So ketamine works when nothing else does. It has a totally different mechanism of action. It works on the, on the mind and the, yeah. and the brain in a totally different way. And um, that, that's, that's just another thing that makes it a very uh, unique treatment. Um, it costs about a hundred to, you know, a hundred million to a billion dollars to get a drug approved by the FDA. So <laughs> That's why um, some of the people listening might want to, might be wondering, well, how come if ketamine's so great and if it's already approved, why don't you just add an indication for it? Why don't you just add depression yeah, as, yeah, a, as yeah. a use, right? That would make sense. Unfortunately, someone has to foot that bill and do all the rigor of the paperwork and legal yes. compliance and studies to demonstrate that to the FDA. And that's going to be for an established drug cheaper than doing it for a brand new drug. But a brand new drug is going to be about a billion dollars with a B. An established one might be a couple hundred million, several hundred million dollars. That's something that no one wants to pay because they risk, never yeah. get their money back. Well, they just never get the money. Oh, back. Oh, they never there's, get the money back. There's, there's it's almost guaranteed it would get approved. There's so much data, and you could prove it. But the problem is, how would you recoup your costs when you get a drug approved? You have to make money back on the sale of the drug. You can't make money back because they're not going to, they can't have a patent. They can't own, own oh, the sale of the drug. Right. Because the patent's IV totally ketamine. different. Right. Right. So right. IV ketamine is, is definitely gone. It's just whether or not you get an approval and that will help with insurance. That would help a lot saying. with insurance. That would help that would lend help. a lot of legitimacy to the treatment for the people yeah, who say, sure. oh yeah, it's, it's not FDA approved for that use as a way right. to kind of, Understand. as a detractor, okay. which is BS and you can yeah, that's BS. do that. But, like, but that's, but these are some of the obstacles that are yeah. keeping ketamine from really shining in the way that it should in the mainstream as a, as a treatment option. Um, 
So, but, but J&J was able to get Spravato approved and they have a patent, they own it, that's theirs, that's their brand, Spravato. And so they're able to make money on selling Spravato and that's how they were able to do that. So I guess that's a good thing in the end, even though the, you know, the big boys come into play trying to get some money out of this. I mean, it's good and bad, right? I, how do you, yeah. I, mean, I guess I should, how do you feel about it? Is it good and bad? That It's good, good and bad. It's, 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 yeah, it's a double-edged yeah. sword. I'll tell you that Big Pharma had a lot of uh, interest in um, disinformation campaigns about ketamine because it was taken away from their I'm sure. drugs that were less effective with high, with more side yes. effects. And they were like, no, this is the, the party drug, the, the club drug, and all this negative uh, media that they put out around it. Now that J&J has a vested interest in Spravato <laughs> or Esketamine, which is essentially the same drug, yeah, now course. that's changed a little bit. <clears throat> and it's, it's helped to, um, I think, legitimize the treatment a little bit. And yeah, also the, mar- yeah. the, mar- the marketing that they've done for it has helped more people to kind of through a roundabout way come to learn of IV Ketamine. Yes. Because we have a lot of people excuse me, who have inquired about Spravato and we start to educate them on the differences and then they go, oh, wow, okay, I'd like to have IV infusions. Yeah, yeah, then I'll just do the IV. That makes way more sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, IV is way more effective. It's the gold standard. That's why we do it. People are providing ketamine through other routes of administration as well, such as IM injections like intramuscularly. Um, There's also oral or sublingual uh, tablets or lozenges that dissolve under the tongue. There's a lot of different methods out there for for giving this medicine, but IV is is what more than 90% of the research is on. It's the safest, it's the most effective, and that's why we specialize in that. Yeah. And is it, and it's because you can kind of turn it on and off, right? You're dripping it in and you know when to stop it. It's, is that, is that the, the safety aspect of it is the control? Those are some of the reasons. Yeah. So we can, um, it's a hundred percent bioavailable, maintaining the blood level for an hour. We do a 55 minute infusion. So maintaining that blood level for, for an hour is is part of the therapeutic benefit as opposed to a steep, you know, kind of go up and then, and then a fall off as you would have with, like an IM injection where you're putting all the medicine all yeah, at once yeah. into the body. Right. Um, also, yeah, we can increase or decrease the dose with just the push of a button. We actually yeah. use di- digital syringe pumps instead of IV bags, right. which is something that we pioneered. So we can uh, titrate to effect. We can find the right level of, of rate of infusion, the right dose for each patient. And it varies patient to patient. And that's how we individualize the treatment to get better results. And we can inc- we can do that very precisely, consistently, with and very quickly. You can't do that with other uh, routes of administration. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also, yes, if there's any issues, we can just stop it altogether. And ketamine has a very short half life, and it yes. actually starts to dissipate and exit the body very quickly. So if somebody is having any sort of a a mental or medical issue that we need to stop it, which is very very uncommon. Yeah. But we have the we reserve the option to just turn it off. And literally within five or 10 minutes, those effects are dissipating very quickly. So these are some yeah. of the advantages to that route. Yeah. And, and what, um, how, how do you monitor somebody? Is it, is it the conversation they're, they're having with you to say, you know, I'm feeling this, I'm here at this place. Uh, are you looking at the heart? How do you know when you've kind of hit that right, that sweet spot for somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, monitoring, we use hospital grade monitoring equipment. We're, we're monitoring their pulse ox, blood pressure, EKG, uh, all that, make <laughs> sure that they're comfortable, they're safe. This is really above and beyond what a lot of people are doing. Yeah. 
we do it again just for for safety and to help people to feel comfortable and, and safe and secure. And it's it's we feel is an important part of doing it the right way. Uh, we can also we have eyes and ears on patients at all times. Uh, we're we're constantly with them. We have a, a pretty big team. There's actually 15 of us in a 5,000 square foot facility in Los Angeles. So wow. we have a one to one ratio of clinician to patient. And there's a lot of people who are doing this work where it's like one doc or one doc and a, an assistant, they might be seeing yes. you know, three, four, five patients at a time. But if more than one person needs something at one time, it's really not very ideal. There can be times where everyone's just smooth cruising and no one needs anything and it's great and no problem. Yeah. But, but if somebody starts feeling uh, really anxious, someone else, their infusions needs to be turned off. Maybe another pump runs out of medicine, needs a refill. Uh, someone has to go to the bathroom. They need help getting up. You got, you got to have attention to these people in a timely yes. way. And we yeah. really believe in providing very, very high quality service. So we have a one-to-one -one ratio as far as figuring out the, the kind of sweet spot for the, the rate yeah. of, of medicine. That's where I, I believe the art meets the science. Mm. We start the doses based primarily on weight. And it's usually around a half a milligram of ketamine per kilogram of body weight over 40, a 40 minute period. Okay. And that's what almost all the research is on. Uh, at Ketamine Clinics Los Angeles, we've increased that a little bit to be about 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7 milligrams per kilogram. And we do it over a longer infusion time, which is about 55 minutes. So we're giving a little more medicine over a little longer period little, of time, okay. <laughs> and we're finding that that's producing better results. But that's mm. a starting point, and you have to be able and willing to discern when you need to deviate from that protocol. And mm -hmm. so uh, that's where the clinicians and their judgment comes into play. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we're really good at because we've been doing this full time for ten years. So we've yeah. done over, you know, more than twenty thousand infusions. So we have a lot of experience and this is something that's hard to read about or study about. I mean, it, you really have to kind of do this work day in and day out to start to recognize uh, these patterns and how to assess people in this way. And so the team will ask people like, are you, you know, simple questions like, are you comfortable? Are you getting enough medicine? They'll look at how their eyes are. They'll assess yeah. that. They'll, they'll look at how responsive they are to questions. Are they slurring their words? Are they very coherent and with it? You know, are they able to relax enough? Um, things like this, the patients are good at participating usually to it, to an extent in helping the clinician to assess this, but it really comes ultimately down to judgment and it mm, is a spectrum. Yes. We want people to be, um, dissoci people dissociate during the infusion. They kind of have a mind body mm -hmm. uh, disconnect yes. and we want people to be dissociated enough to quiet the chatter in their minds, to get an objective view of their life, mm -hmm. their past trauma, what's troubling them, and to have this experience that can sometimes be meditative or spiritual or enlightening or healing and or all of the above. And, and we want them to have this, to, to produce this kind of an experience. But if you go too far, you get to a place where people are, um, they don't even know who, what they are, where they are, what's going on. Uh, they dissolve into nothingness and that, and that can be frightening and that can be counterproductive. So it's, it's a spectrum. <laughs> yes. and then of course, too yeah. light on the other end, someone's just sitting there and they're like, I'm not really feeling anything. And like, kind of, what are we doing here? So it's, it's a spectrum. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is interesting. Like you said, the, the really hands-on and doing it long enough, you've got a good starting point. 
a few questions in, you dial it in. I, that's got to be fun when you dial somebody in and they're on the right, they're on, they're, they're where they're right where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And yeah. having a great experience. Um, how do people, you know, we've got so, a little bit of time left. Maybe we'll cover how do people find you? Um, you know, how do they, you know, how do they find you and, and who are the kind of people who should be looking for you? Who's a good, who's a good candidate for, for a treatment? Maybe those yeah, two so- things. Um, people can find us online, ketamineclinics.com. It's just K-E-T-A-M-I-N-E-C-L-I-N-I-C-S.com. I'm glad mm-hmm. it's on the screen or I would have yep. forgotten how to spell it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I spelled it right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. Thank you. Thank you. Um, they can call us as well or text uh, 310-270-0625. Um, inquiries are free. They're, they're confidential. We offer free consultations. People can schedule a meeting with us. And we're really happy to talk to anyone who, who wants to learn more about this. Uh, we're located in LA. We have a great team, great facility. It's very serene. Mm. Um, so that's how they can find us. As far as who is this for, Yeah. Um, we require a diagnosis. This isn't just for someone who's curious or wants to mm-hmm. go on a trip. Uh, we're actually treating uh, mental health conditions. And so they have to have a diagnosis of you know, depression, PTSD, uh, or, or a documented history of another you know, mental health condition that we're treating. Okay. If they don't have that, but they think that they, you know, they're struggling, we're happy to do a psych uh, eval for them. We have two psychiatrists on staff, and you know, we can ha- schedule a visit where they can actually do an evaluation and, and see what's going on. Um, it's like I said, it's great for depression, PTSD, anxiety, suicidal thinking, yeah. uh, so, some other mood disorders as well. So if there's, uh, th- those are some of the conditions that if people are, are dealing with, they should really consider this. It doesn't produce the negative side effects that prescription pills mm-hmm. do. It works faster. Most people feel better within one week. Um, the relief is a better quality of relief. So these are some of the reasons why someone might want to reach out. Uh, it's, you know, there, there's not a lot of contraindications. Um, if someone's in the middle of a manic episode, uh, we won't treat them, but we do treat bipolar depression, but we need people to be, uh, more stable at the time. Uh, we, you know, someone's in the middle of a full blown, you know, psychotic episode. It's not a good time to start treatment. It's not really good. Yeah. It's not good for schizophrenia. Um, it's not necessarily good for some, uh, dissociative disorders because you dissociate during the infusion. So people are already having issues with dissociation in their day-to-day life might not be a good fit, but all of these are things that anyone could discuss with a psychiatrist on our team and and learn more about their situation and see if they're an appropriate candidate. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually very interesting. I, I was coming to um, also in there as you were talking, I was thinking as a specific group veterans, you must see a lot of veterans. You know, we, we, or, see or, some, or you but don't. we, we, we want to see more that there's a huge need among veterans yeah. and the issue is, uh, is often the cost yeah. and, um, you know, the VA, most of them are getting their benefits through the VA, through the VA. And we're not, okay. we're not contracted with them at this time. And so they're, you know, th- that's an issue. It, the treatment is $3,900. It comes out yes. to about uh, $600 per infusion. And that covers everything. And so it's not an uh, ungodly amount of money, but it's difficult for some people to come up with out of pocket. That's a real, yeah, that's a real chunk of money if you're a veteran and you've been, a, yeah. list, you're for enlisted veteran, you come home, you yeah. got bills, you got a family. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that we- the VA is not taking care of you. You're looking for help. Yeah, I will say that we offer a 10% discount for veterans and first mm. responders. Awesome. Um, we have interest-free financing options. 
So we do work to make it more accessible. Wow. We're, we're also now in network with nine of California's largest health insurance plans. Unfortunately, most of them are not paying for ketamine infusions, but we are offering other services now, um, medication management, your conventional okay. psychiatry. If you need your uh, you know, prescriptions managed, we can do that in bill insurance. Uh, that can help to increase access to care for people. And we're also just now starting yeah. an, another treatment called TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation, which I know we're, we're kind of out of time here, but maybe we'll get into another time. But that's a, a, to, yeah. that's a treatment that is covered by insurance as well. So see, these are some of the things we're doing to try to help to increase access. Um, actually, uh, Kaiser Southern California is, is contracted with us for, for ketamine infusions, and some of their uh, patients are being referred to us, and they are paying for ketamine for some of them. But it's not for everyone. Uh, the, the psychiatrists at Kaiser need to um, recommend it, review and approve if they think it's appropriate and recommend it for their patient to come to us. But uh, they are sending us patients and that's also really helping for people who are uh, unable to pay for it otherwise. That's amazing. I, you know, I think that is an interesting angle. It seems like the FDA way is a, is really not, you know, not going to be fruitful to kind of pursue that. I think, you know, finding a couple of really good uh, medical companies, right. In hospitals, networks that start to see, the benefits and say, okay, you know, we spent this much on, you know, this many patients, but guess what? They're overall, you know, they stopped, they, they stopped doing this, stopped doing that. They became less of a medical burden after the ketamine treatment. There's no question. And, and, and yeah. more larger payers. You need larger to, ones. They're starting to realize that, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm working with some organizations now to try to help present the data to them to, to show them that if they don't mm. care about the human component and about actually helping to save lives, then they'll care about the, the, the money and the bottom line and to show them that they would actually save a lot of money if they would actually cover this treatment. And it's, it's starting to come around as a way of kind of circumventing the FDA approval yeah, need yeah, for that to happen, yeah. which is, which is progress for sure. Yeah, I just get the government on just business. I mean, it'll be it's a business. It, if we make it a business decision, and you've got that fax, hospitals mm -hmm. will get their heads around it. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a hospital CEO, a group. Uh, he's got a group network. He's got a few hospitals. Uh, he's coming on in about a month, um, five weeks. So I may I may quiz you for some prep talk with him. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, also, maybe if appropriate, be connected with him. See if yeah, yeah, that we could talk about. Yeah, a absolutely, absolutely. Sam, man, thanks so much for being a guest. I, I really do appreciate it, and uh, yeah. it's been fantastic. Great, I learned a little bit more. I'm a little wiser. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, uh, th and thanks anybody for listening. Um, you know, if you find this, uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably found us on iTunes or you've kind of found a, an old recording. We are on iTunes. We also have got the other podcast, the Jar Podcast. Uh, thanks for all the support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Sam, hang around. I'll see you in 30 seconds. All right. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public class. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.